I just went blind with those. So, hey guys, Bill Farrell here. Uh, this is going to be another episode of Rock Bottom to Recovery. Our guest speaker today is Olin Givens. Um, and Olin's went to go get a glass of water. His head is going to be right in here. Here you it is. Listen in. I'll turn it on. Well, no, I can't. If I, I can't turn it on speakers, because then it'll. Uh, oh, it'll. You can hear me, right? It'll feedback. No, but you can hear me, right, Olin? Yeah. Oh, look at you. You got your headset and everything. Are we, we, we're good? You can hear me? You can see me? Yeah. yeah. All right, I can see you. And actually, we're all synced up. This is oh, kind good. Of, this is kind of cool, huh? Yeah, I've never done nothing like this before, so I'm all giddy. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was just telling, I, so we're live now on Facebook. So we I stream live, and um, so this uh, actually will be on iTunes. It'll be on Podbean, if I'm correct. Um, and uh, so people are already tuning in. And so um, as I was telling them, this is the, uh, another episode of Rock Bottom to Recovery, and um, um, Rock Bottom to Recovery, if you're just tuning in, is a, um, it's a, we've created a, um, a platform to talk about uh, recovery. Uh, we originally started off to talk about the opiate recovery. But as we, um, you know, we're, we're kind of educating ourselves, Olin, and we were um, trying to learn more about recovery, um, we decided that we'd kind of like to talk about a few different things in recovery and um We've had a lot of guests, so but today our guest is Olin Givens. Olin, where are, where are you skyping in from? I'm in uh, East Charleston, Vermont. And where it's about, way up near Canada? Up near Canada. Do you ever see any big feet? I said, yeah. I said big feet because I'm I'm pluralizing <laughs> that. So have you actually seen a Bigfoot? Yeah, no, I haven't seen it, but I heard a whole family in Alaska once. No kidding. I'm not joking. No, no. Yeah, listen, was... you're you're a little out of sync. So if people are looking, if people are watching the video because we're streaming live on Facebook, Olin is just a little out of sync. But he, you know, he comes back from time to time. I I, I do have to point this out before we jump into uh, how you ended up coming on to our um, our podcast. Is did you know this was just pointed out to me this this past week in Boston? There is a store that um, is all about Bigfoot. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, it is actually in Roxbury. And, Roxbury. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, over by Eggleston Station. And it's Sasquatch something. Um, and a buddy of mine pulled up the picture. And uh, you, it's just like it's, it's, all, it's all about Bigfoot. Um, it's in the strangest place place obviously deadly station but i guess yeah. it gets a lot of traffic and um he was explaining the store and how it came about it was pretty interesting so we might have to have you come back on um so we can delve a little deeper into bigfoot because yeah, i'll bring my video yeah oh do you have a video no <laughs> <laughs> make one <laughs> hey, make one right and just videotape your yeah. foot take videotape your feet walking in the woods yeah, but big feet. Yeah, big feet. So um, I'm just having a little water myself, as you can see. So your way up by Canada. Okay, so how did Olin Givens end up on the Rock Bottom to Recovery podcast? So um, I know Olin's sister, Laurie, and uh, she works out at the same gym as me. So 
Um, sometimes I teach Laurie how to lift properly. <laughs> hey, I thought you might get that one. <laughs> hey, so actually, Laurie, um, I used to take a lo- uh, yoga class, and Laurie was the instructor, and um, it was it was good. It was cool. I haven't taken it in a little while, but um, I love yoga and uh, kind of stretches out the body. Usually, um, Olin, we have a another co-host, Shane Johnson. He's part of the Rock Bottom to Recovery, but he kind of got himself in a little panic. Uh, wanted to get home because we have a big snowstorm coming today. Um, which is still not here yet. I just wanted to point that out to Shane. That snowstorm still isn't here. Shane could be here with me, but whatever. He he erred on the side of caution. But um, so, anyways, to jump back in, <clears throat> I um, so I uh, take yoga and I see Laurie at the gym all the time. And actually, Laurie's uh, Laurie's come to uh, a couple of uh, concerts uh, with me and a bunch of friends. So, but we were talking about, you know, the marijuana and everything um, coming in. We legalized marijuana back in November. So, um, it's still, it's not up and rolling, but it, they, they legalized recreational marijuana. Um, the pot shops are going to start opening in July. Uh, but um, Laurie was telling me about you and was saying that you used to smoke marijuana all the time uh, from, from yeah. a teenager all the way up until, um, how long, when did you stop Owen? Uh, I think it was uh, 2001. 2001? Oh, wow. So yeah. it's been a while. Yeah, I've been clean for a long time now. Um, and uh, so how long would you say you smoked for? How long did you use? Uh, since I was 16, so <laughs> many decades. Yeah, but um, but you, uh, uh, you, you're quite... Um, you're very creative. Uh, you're um, you you're a musician, correct? Yeah. And um, you do something with um, do you do something with glass? Do you? Um... Yeah, I'm a stained glass artist. That's so, what I do it for a living. Okay. And how is um, how's uh, business? It's good. Uh, it's not a lot, a lot of money. Um, yeah. But it's. Uh, I have to do what I like to do. <laughs> right. Yeah, what you're passionate about, correct? Yeah. I yeah. love uh I love art. Um and I'm always my mother and my father were artists and so I'm just like that. I, I I'm always finding something to do. Uh lately I've been covering um Bibles, hymnals, antique books with leather. Really? A new thing. Yeah, so <laughs> I just anything I can do that I that's new. I yeah. like new stuff. Too. So you're always constantly um, doing new things and kind of keeping the uh, creative side um, going, correct? Yeah, that's right, Bill. What about music? What do you do? You play? Um, do you play? Um, what type of um, instruments? I play guitar, uh, rhythm guitar, and uh, sing. Do you do your own? Um, I think we're losing you for a second there, Roland. This is what happens when you're way, way up in Canada. Or near Canada, correct? Can you hear me? No, I'm... T- <laughs> we're, we're, we're tweaking yeah, the... Uh, I'm no, I mean, I can hear you. Yeah, you keep cutting out, though. So, all right. There you are. Yes, no. Can you hear me now? 
I, I can hear you all the time. Oh, you can hear me, but see, you keep cutting out. Um, but it also, too, might be just uh, because of um, um, he's just a little out of sync. I have an old computer. And uh, um, <clears throat> So do you write your own music, Olin? Uh, used to. Yeah. Uh, but I'm trying to get back into it, but I'm real busy. Okay. So um, let's talk about the... Um, the marijuana use, uh, because we we talk we talk about it from time to time, and then we get a lot of um, a lot of heat over it. Um, you know, people <laughs> are like. But uh, and again, I have to stress, like when we talk about marijuana and recreational marijuana, the legalization of marijuana, it uh, our concern and our concern will always be uh, for the youth, and um, you know. Yeah, hey, that's right. And and what we found as we began to educate ourselves, Olin, was that. Um, um, addiction begins long before the opiates. Um, addiction begins. Um, there's many factors to it. It's uh, hereditary. Uh, like in my family, um, you know, we there is uh, addiction in my family, so we're prone to become addicts uh, because it is hereditary. Um, we also realize through education that addiction begins. Um, it's as simple as cigarettes. Um, cigarettes for me. Cigarettes, marijuana, um, you know, a little bit of drug use, not nothing too crazy, um, and then alcohol was probably my um, my pro- my problem. I would say the majority of the people I know, and that's not everybody, but the majority started off like that too. We all started with cigarettes, some marijuana, um, drinking, and then eventually um, some people lead into a life of harder drugs, obviously the opiates, because that's a big issue now. But again, we're just trying to cover as much as we can. And I just thought it was interesting because if I remember correctly, Laurie would, would tell me that you would say that you're so much more creative when yeah. you were high. So Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, you did think so, right? Did you really actually? I really think did. That? I really did, yeah. but I uh, didn't accomplish anything. Even though I uh, got a degree in music, even though I had been playing since I was a, a kid, I had never studied music or been involved with people that were real musicians because uh, I was just a partier. Yeah, yeah. And what would your routine be when you, like, say you get up in the morning? So I get up in the morning, have a cup of coffee, I get going. What would be your routine as a, as a uh, frequent uh, marijuana user? Well, I moved around so much, especially when I was in college, uh, that I went periods of time where I would stop, even stop, and I smoked cigarettes too, but I'd even stop smoking cigarettes and I just went back and forth. But uh, if I was, you know, being a smoker, uh, I would go to school or work uh, without being stoned, unless I had a job where I could get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> but what... if it was a day off, the minute I woke up, I'd have a cup of coffee, and I I would try to hold off because I know it would just make my whole day mush. Yeah. But usually, I just if I had it, I used it until it was gone. No, no, uh, no saving a little hair for oh next Tuesday. That never. Never. <laughs> so, and did you did, obviously did you hang out with people that obviously smoked marijuana? Yeah, that's that's what I see a lot happening, and um, that's what happened to me. I uh, 
my family life was very broken. Yeah. My father left us when I was young. And as a kid, even a young teenager, I didn't realize how deeply hurt I was. So I didn't ever hang out with the good kids. Uh, so I just gravitated towards those kids who had the same problems. And we all wanted to mask our pain. Yeah. We didn't say that. We didn't know that. That's what we were doing. And, and pot was everywhere. And so all my friends were potheads. We were potheads. And so did that you, was my. Yeah. And, but you didn't, um, it's, I mean, the, um, the thought about marijuana is it's pretty harmless. That's, that's, I mean, that we didn't think it was anything dangerous. And again, people always make the case, oh, nobody's ever died from marijuana. Um, it, it's actually what people say is like, especially people, older people like ourselves, um, we're like, it, it doesn't really have an effect, but the marijuana today is so much different than the marijuana yesterday. Is, is, in my understanding is that it's probably, uh, I think back when I was younger, we'd get maybe 2 to 3% THC, but now it's in the high teens. And then depending on what you get and where you get it, it can actually be even higher. Uh, if you, um, if you um, take the... Um, the uh, the oils out of it. I mean, now you're getting infant even more potency. Did you ever use the uh, hash oils or anything along those lines? Yeah, uh, uh, when I was younger, uh, it was available hash, but um, then it became not available. Uh, I think law enforcement really cracked down on uh, hash, but now all the uh, the pot smokers are doing what they call butter, yeah, which is oil, and they, and it's very strong. It's it's hash, yeah. uh, and the marijuana itself is almost the same as how hash used to be. So you don't even need to turn it into hash. So now, if you turn, it's just really really strong. Uh, yeah, compared to yeah, you're right. Yeah. And they do so many things with it. They actually, uh, they actually have. A, I read somewhere a suppository, uh, marijuana uh, suppository. Yeah, so thanks. You uh, stick it up wow. the old pooper, and uh, uh, you know, and uh, I don't know. I'm assuming you can get high. <laughs> so, uh, I, me and my friends worried about that. Yeah, no, no, and I don't think um, I don't think all <laughs> the things that are available now. Um, like we used to just, we used to. Uh, there was a place uh, where I grew up in Jamaica Plain, and we'd just go over to this building. You go behind the building. It was a three uh, triple decker, and you you knock on the door, and um, you slip five dollars underneath the bottom of the door. There was like a little um, opening, and you'd get out a nickel bag, or you could buy a dime bag, which obviously I don't. They don't do those things anymore. Yeah. But but that was pretty much it. I mean, and like you said, maybe hash. Um, I know I went to, um, um, I smoked some hash uh, up at uh, UMass Amherst. Uh, I smoked a little hash, and that's, I don't remember what happened after that. I know yeah. I woke up the next morning. I missed the whole music festival that I was going to. Um, and um, actually, if I remember correctly, I, I fell asleep on my arm. So when I rolled over, my uh, whole arm was um, asleep. So it wasn't working properly. But... Um, uh, it's a shame. It's a shame how many days, hours, weeks uh, just lost. Yeah, lost. Yeah. And and that's and that's not when you quit. 
Uh, actually, I want to, you know, you just, you, you said earlier that you uh, smoked and then there would be times where you would quit. Would you feel any effects in between those times? Like, it, you know, like withdrawals or anything along those lines? Uh, it was usually because I was doing something that I really loved. Like, um, I was also in the National Guard and in the Army. So whenever... I had a concert, a music concert, like in college. Um, it didn't really bother me. I would quit cigarettes even. Yeah. Uh, because I really wanted to do that thing, and I knew I couldn't if I was using weed and stuff. So yeah. it didn't really bother me during those times. But as soon as it was over, uh, I needed something else. I always needed something because uh, there was this underlying uh hey you know that's what yeah. it is it's uh it, it wasn't just i don't know i think it attract different people's different reasons um i was definitely you know had a had a, the drugs had a foothold on my life um but i was able to put them aside if i had something else so it wasn't really about the drug it was anything that would uh help me escape from how i felt Okay. About life. Yeah. And so, where, where are you at now? Where am I at? Yeah. Uh, I, since I moved here, have learned to be okay. I mean, um, I don't have to be happy. I'm okay with the pain that's in me. Yep. Um, and I, as I allow those periods of time to happen, they don't affect me. Like a normal person. Yeah. You know, it's normal to have some pain in your life, but when you get caught up with escaping from it, um, every little pain becomes a pain. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, I'm, still not, I'm still not that great at handling life, but I don't use drugs and I also uh, don't just run off to any activity just to stop myself from feeling uncomfortable. Right. So, um, I mean, you said you did have a tough, you had a tough childhood. So, um, how do you deal with those now? Because obviously, you know, now, like you said, you were using the marijuana and that, yeah, I'm sure um, that helped with your anxiety in the moment, I'm assuming, correct? Oh, yeah. I, I hear that a lot. I hear like um, um, a friend, I was just talking to a friend of mine and their son um, smokes all the time. And it, because he has anxiety. And obviously some people have anxiety a lot more than others, but who doesn't have anxiety? Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I used to get it so bad that the back of my neck would seize. So like if the teacher asked a question and I felt like everybody's looking at me, I'd yeah. become so anxious. And then I also used to get, uh, you know, a heart palpitation. Yeah. Or blood going. Duh, 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 duh. Yeah. I that doesn't happen anymore. But uh, it's not because I did any counseling or anything. It's really just because I just surrendered in faith to God. So that's that it. Was, so that's so what you, did it. So yeah. you have. Your, it, that's you have what a... happened. I tried all these methods for twenty years. Yeah. And nothing worked. I kept going back. And then one day I just said, oh, I was in a, 
I was in a, I went going to counseling and she, the lady was, she was good. And she sent me to the psychiatrist. Yeah. And the first thing he did was offer me pills. So I went to the doctor's, uh, the hospital and uh, I had the paper and I, I looked at the doctor, I crumpled up the paper and I said, I'm going back to church. And I did. And, um, that was it. I just remembered that I can do this and I'm not going to get turned on to new drugs or other stuff. It's just simple. Life is rough. I need to grow up. <laughs> and I, I, I was a baby. Yeah. I was marijuana stunts, stunts your maturity of how you cope with life. And, but even with that, I don't think I, I know that I wouldn't have done it unless I came into full faith that God is on my side. Right. And that he's, he's been covering my back because I've been trying to walk like his son Christ. Yeah. And that's what I believe. And that works for you. Yeah, it's worked for a lot of people. Yeah. No, no, we agree. Me and Shane, we've talked about, uh, well, we, we, we did a whole podcast on the um, higher power. Because the one thing that we, we certainly did recognize in recovery um, was that the higher power, for people that were su successful in recovery, the higher power was uh, very, very important to them. Um, and I say that, um, that I'm sure there's some people out there that have um, recovered with maybe not connected into a higher power. I was certainly one of those individuals myself when I quit drinking. Um, I quit back in the 80s. I have uh, 30 years of sobriety now. And, and, and I just quit. I honestly, to this day, I don't really know how I was able to do it. Um, but I think later on in life, same thing. I did for me, um, there was just a lot of things that was still kind of missing in my life. And like you said, I was damaged too. Um, and, um, and somehow one way or another, you know, I ended up coming back to my faith and, um, and, and it's, it's been amazing to me, I'm still, obviously, I still have issues. I still have issues every day. I'm sure you do, too. Everybody does. We don't get out of it. Yeah. I think, like, for me, it's really worked well for me. It's really worked well for Shane. Um, and it's worked well for a lot of other people. I am a big, excuse me, advocate uh, for the higher power. I really, um, I'm telling, I always try to stress to people, like, if you're struggling with your recovery, you should try to do Every single thing you can, no matter what it is, to get you back on track. And you know, we've done uh, we've done some courses um, about God, um, and we just people we can't people won't come out to it. They just won't. Um, I know. And that's all well and good because you know we were talking earlier, like uh, you know we just try to meet people where they're at, walk alongside them, um, you know, and and. Tell them what what worked worked for us, and um, and maybe it could also work for them. But in order for that to to be an option, you have to kind of step out of your comfort zone, and um, um, and look into that. And you know, and, and as I know, if it's good for one of us, Olin, I know you'll um, you'll testify to this. If it's good for one, it's good for all, because that's that's what we're told. It's it's um, God's there for everybody. Yeah, everybody. Um, everybody. Not one person um, um, does. He doesn't leave out anybody. But again, it's a journey, and we just keep um, we keep moving forward. It was important that um, you use the word surrendered 
<coughs> yeah. Um, and that's huge. Surrendering. Yeah. It's it's everything. Um, and even even in recovery, I know like AA and everything. My my um, I have some family members that were big in AA, and it just seems like the people that I've run into, um, that word always tends to come up. They've kind of surrendered to something bigger and greater than themselves. And I think in that surrendering, we we like I, I was in the Marines. You were in the Army. Surrendering is a sign of weakness when you're coming from that point of view. But what I found is it it's been um, strengthening for me. Correct. Well, when you're when you're uh, in the army, the only person that, well, even the president has to surrender to some extent to the Congress, but the private has to surrender to the sergeant, the sergeant to the lieutenant, the lieutenant. It goes every single person has, like Bob Dylan said, you've got to serve somebody. Yeah. You can't not serve. Whatever you do, you're serving something. We just can't get away with it, so you might as well choose the right. Right. Um, yeah. That's good. We do. We always serve in something. Um, so yeah, I, I would, tune. Yeah. I, um, yeah, so, I, again, I would just, like, uh, stress to people to, uh, you know, uh, also look in that direction. Maybe go back to your faith, whether it be Christian, Catholic. Um, you know, I'm I'm doing an Alpha course right now, which is over in Stoughton at St. James Hospital, and it's just a course. It's not church. It's not religion. It's just a course in Christianity, and the whole idea behind that course is just to make a case on why Christianity is what it is, and 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 it's it's uh, evidence based. I, I've listened to people say that um, you know I don't take a leap of faith. Actually, that was this past week. Um, I don't take a leap of faith, but uh, the course um, that night was when uh, Christians don't take a leap of faith. They're taking a, a step that's filled with evidence. Um, yeah. So, again, I just tell people, um, you know, um, just continue moving forward in your recovery. Um, what, what do you guys just legalized marijuana right up in Vermont? Yeah, yeah. Um, they, um, are they going through regulations? That's what they're doing in Boston now. They're trying to put all the regulations together. Yeah, you know, they're going to take it step by step. Uh, uh, I don't know what to say about it. Quite frankly, it's not on my radar anymore. Um, if it's not that, it's something else. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I've, of course, done enough investigation to know uh, the history and all that stuff. So I, I'm not really afraid of it being legalized. Yeah. Uh, what I'm afraid of is people that will spread lies about it because the truth is the truth. And if you know what the truth is, then you can make informed decisions. Correct. Correct. But if they're going to hype it up or uh, tell lies about it, then we're going to have a lot of youngsters who are going to not really understand what they're doing. You know? Well, and, you know, and the way I look at it is, like, you know, I, it, people always make the case, you know, not everybody is going to um, end up in a life of an, of addiction. And that's that's true. I mean, I know a lot of people, they just smoke marijuana. That's all they do. Um, but you know what? There's many more, like myself and others. Um, actually, I mean, you, didn't, you, you just smoked marijuana, Olin, right? You never really got into anything too hard or whatever. So you're a perfect example of... Um, those people. Myself, if I was to take uh, marijuana, especially today's marijuana, I'm done. I'm done. One thing for me will lead into another. That's a fact. And I know a lot of people like that. Um, but I think you're right. If you educate people and you um, 
give them the true information and let them make decisions. We know that our kids will definitely make smart decisions. But I think the way that uh, pro marijuana is promoting this, um, I have a billboard right outside our facility. Um, excuse me. Um, it's a, it has a better health. It's a better health marijuana. So I, I look at that and I see a kid drives by. What's that automatically tell him? Oh, I'm going to be that, healthy if I start smoking this. That's um, I've seen another sign um, that said in places where marijuana has been legalized, um, there's a 25% drop in opiate deaths. Um, yeah, I, I, you know what? Well, whatever. That's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. All I know is I work with people um, that um, are in the opiate addiction, and one thing will lead to another for them. And so, um, and that's my concern is all these issues that are going to come from the marijuana. I mean, we already have them. I mean, we've only been a year in and, um, we've had five, five kids from uh, West Roxbury high. I don't know if it's called West Roxbury high. They ended up in the emergency room cause somebody brought in some type of edibles, two middle, middle school kids wow. out of Framingham, um, on the school bus, um, you know, ate something that one of the kids brought in. They ended up in the emergency room. Um, oh, you know, there was a um, there was a young man um, who said, "I was smoking marijuana," and he rear-ended a school bus. Unfortunately, there, you know, um, n- nobody was on the school bus. But I mean, see, these are some of the things that are going to come yeah. about. And so, uh, right now, they private um, private clubs. They uh, they found a loophole. In the um, in the uh, question four, and they open they're opening up um, private consumption clubs, so you can bring your marijuana to this place, and as they promoted it, it's a safe place for you to consume. Um, yeah. So well, I, Canada's, I Canada's been doing that forever. Yeah. Um, so again, it's not going to come without its issues. I, I I see I hear that, and I'm like, well, all right, somebody's got to drive there, consume their marijuana, and maybe drive home. So will that happen? And, you know, again, I think all we really want to do is we just want to educate people so they can make smart decisions. We had a woman on called Dr. Ruth Pote, um, and this is um, – she's a physician, family physician. She works in a correctional facility. She's the director – the medical director for the correctional facility. So she works with people all the time that are in the um, – you know, in the addiction and everything. And she always says – one of the main things she says is delay, delay, delay. If you can get kids to delay till after the age of 24, um, the brain's already fully developed. Yeah, yeah. They're not even developed. They're not even grown up yet. I know. And, and I've, and I've, I've, I've uh, two occasions, I was talking to a, a high school kid from this area, and it's not the community, um, not our, our high school, but one very, very close by. And I'd asked him what the kids were using for drugs in the school. He didn't know me or anything. It was just we just happened to be in the uh, same place, and the conversation came up. And he said, "The kids are using marijuana and cocaine." The cocaine thing caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting yeah. that, and, um, and because that's highly addictive, cocaine. Um, and what the kid said, and these were his exact words: "They're pulling the juices from the marijuana." Yeah. That's what the kids are doing. So if you're yeah. not familiar with that, what they're doing is they're, they're um, uh, extracting the oils from the marijuana, which 
that process alone is extremely dangerous. Um, but they get the oils out, and then you can make, like, the butter, the, the wax. Um, you can uh, use it to cook, and the potency is just completely off the charts. And I'm obviously, I'm not a scientist or anything along those lines, but there is information out there that shows that it will um, have an effect on the undeveloped mind. So, I mean, and that, and that, that was from a school that was, that's close to here. And then I was talking to a friend that, um, um, whose uh, wife works in another school uh, up on the North Shore. And, um, and I asked him the question. I said, uh, uh, does your wife know, like, what kind of drugs they're doing in school? And I hadn't said anything to him, and he said, um, yeah, she said um, they're doing marijuana and cocaine. Ah. Again, and that's on the North Shore. So if they're doing it here and they're doing it up there, they have to be doing it pretty much everywhere. And that right there is scary to me, especially just the cocaine. I never expected that one. But now it's making a comeback, and uh, I think that's scary. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I, uh... I did a little research on the word addiction, and uh, it's a Latin word that means devoted to. Devoted to, yeah. Yeah, uh, and that's kind of how I feel like this is. Like, when you're into a specific drug, say it's alcohol, you're like, you make a big deal out of it. You know, you want the shiniest glass, you know, you're devoted to that thing. Uh, it's the same with weed. These guys, they go to their pot shops. They got the glass pipes. They want the fanciest one. They wear the same kind of clothes as each other, sort of, you know. And it's it's this, uh, and I don't know. It's, they hype it up for themselves, yeah. and they gather amongst those friends who will agree with them about everything they're saying. And so they're not going to hear when I come. Well, I hope they hear. I hope. I hope a lot of people here, you're going to waste your life. Yeah. Um, you have dreams in your heart. Just remember what those were. And it's nobody gets there easily, but it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, and it's because we've been fed a bunch of you know, Walt Disney dreams about going into the sunset happily ever after. Yeah. They don't show that couple you know, 10 years down the road in their marriage. And it's not always going to be that day you're sitting under the oak tree with your buddy smoking a joint, (laughs) you know, 10 or 20 years down the road, you're not going to be with your buddies under that oak tree, right? It's going to be you and you're not going to have any money and you're not going to have anything to show for yourself. And one of the things that you were talking about that I thought uh, is true is that one of the ways that you stay sober or, I call it bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Yeah. You know, that's sobriety. And so you could be, you know, given television could could be your idol or money, workaholic, all this stuff where, uh, you know, that's what you're devoted to instead of serving other people and feeling and feeling like your humanity and your humanity comes through love. Right. And it's not always easy to love people. Uh, it's so funny. I told my mom, I'm, I said, you know, mom, uh, love isn't a feeling as much as it is a, an action. And so, you know, I'm trying to love you. <laughs> and so she gets me once in a while and she'll say, oh, when, she, when I'm, you know, being grumpy, yeah. she'll say, oh, I see. 
you're trying to love you're trying to love me <laughs> but it's true yeah. you know it's not like uh and it's it's just so I, i'm so shamed by how cowardly i was about but I didn't know either. I didn't know that that's what love meant. Yeah. I, I just got all my information from the boob tube. Yeah. Not not a good idea, folks. <laughs> Have you seen uh, the boob tube lately? Ah. Eh. <laughs> it's even worse now. Uh, I know. <laughs> but, you know, hey, listen, this is why we're here, Roland. I like that. Trying, trying to love your mom. Because I'm sure there's moments where... Mom is trying to love us, too, right? Right. Yeah, so that's actually kind of cool. Um, what do we have for time, Dylan? Is that, is that, is, is that 6.50-something after? Oh, yeah. Okay, all righty. Well, I guess we'll wrap this up. Um, I'm going to make some announcements here, Roland. Roland, um, thank you so much. I'd love to have you back on. Um, I'd love to meet you. If you're ever down this way visiting your family or whatever, just tell Laurie to uh, – or shoot me a text. Um, sure I'd love to meet you in person and everything. And, and I appreciate you coming on and talking about it. And I want to stress to people, you know, um, um, if you smoke marijuana, you're a grown adult, smoke away. That's, uh, that's your choice. We're not trying to take any choices away from anybody. But what we'd like to yep. do is just educate people – um, so they can make smart decisions. Actually, more importantly, educate our um, a younger generation because, I mean, we lost 2017, 66,000 66, people. And I've been mentioning this on the last couple of podcasts, right up around 66,000 uh, people to overdoses. Um, Gillette Stadium holds 66,286 seats or something along that line. So we lost a whole stadium of people. And then I was telling that to somebody, right? And they said, um, well, think about this. Think about all the families that are affected by those losses. So that got me thinking. And uh, I just kind of Googled. I wanted to know what the, uh, you know, what the average number in the family is. And um, so it, it works out to be now about two and a half um, people per family two and a half people so that i mean that's almost what is that that's like three probably three and a half gillette stadiums of people in one year that have been uh, affected by um drugs and <clears throat> the majority of people i know um have started the same way i did cigarettes marijuana alcohol those with kind of the beginning stages of of a life of addiction and, which is why we're here, and because we want to make that known, and we want people to understand. So, you know, kids will not have to use any of those things. Uh, maybe find something else. Maybe find a, a connection into a spiritual higher power uh, that will help them with all the things that we've dealt with when we were kids. Um, you know, I can certainly speak for myself. I deal with things so much better now. I am such a better person because of my spirituality. And I, I'm sure you could say the same thing, correct, Olin? That's right. Right. So with that, um, Olin, thank you again. I'm going to, um, you can, um, I'm just going to make some announcements if you want to hang on, Olin, or you can disconnect on your end, or we can disconnect right. on our end. But um, Thanks for th having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I hope your sister watched. 
I meant to text her to tell her that we were going to be going live today, but um, she can go It'll on. Be on the Facebook, right? Yeah, yeah, which okay. you're not on, right? So listen, yeah, I know you're kind of disconnected. <laughs> you're disconnected from the uh, world way up there in Vermont near the I Canadian know, border. I, I do got to have you back with your uh, Bigfoot story. Um, okay. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, you know, but you're not missing much out here. I can tell you that right now. All right. And you call me Olin from time to time. I'll tell you what's going on in the world. All right. God yeah. bless. All right. You too, sir. Have a good day. Bye-bye. So, guys, that's actually oh, yeah. Olin Givens. It was great to have him on. And just to talk about I thought it was kind of cool that um, that he was a um, – um, he smoked marijuana from a, from teenager all the way up to – um, I, I think it was his late 40s, but he had found that once he had quit, you know, for, for him, he was just kind of in a cloud the uh, entire time. So um, if you smoke it, whatever, if you smoke it and you want to come on, come on. We'd love to have you on. You can tell us about your experiences. Uh, but with that said, um, we are going to wrap up this podcast. If you've been watching, we are Facebook Live. You can go to our Facebook page, Rock Bottom to Recovery. Um, all our videos are on there because we try to stream it live. Um, we are now actually going to try to do it every Wednesday um, to be consistent because uh, it was pointed out to me by someone who, who's done um, a podcast for many years that uh, stay consistent um, in the um, um, podcast. Like every Wednesday, play, and, and it becomes a routine for people. And we would love this to become a routine for you, something that you can listen to, something that you can enjoy. Um, so I do have some announcements, and I want to make this. What's that? The fans want more. That's what Dylan just said. Actually, what the fans want, they want more, but they want Shane to be right here um, next to me, spewing his, uh, his wonderful knowledge. Um, actually, I want to get Mike uh, O'Sullivan back. Actually, Mike O'Sullivan is coming back. Um, but um, not um, – actually, Michael Sullivan's coming back next week, and he is with the Granite Mountain Behavioral Health. And he's coming on, and he has a guest speaker coming in, and we're going to talk about gambling next week because uh, gambling is um, is uh, one of those things that kind of flies under the radar. I mean, we see gambling every day, um, the lotteries, the bingos, um, obviously Powerball, um, all those things. And we always see people winning. But gambling is a huge, huge issue. It destroys lives. It destroys families. Um, so I had been talking to Mike about that, and Mike said he wanted to come on and talk about that. That is one of the things um, that the Granite Mountain Behavioral Health um, works on with people as they begin to treat their addictions. Because what we found is that, you know, we we all have many addictions, um, whether it's food, sex, um, drugs, um, Working out um, can be an addiction and a very, very extreme addiction. Um, there's, we're just we're kind of prone to that. But if we can learn about how addiction begins, how it affects the mind, um, then we can begin to make those changes and try to stay as healthy as we can. But <clears throat> so next week uh, is um, the podcast is uh, Michael Sullivan from Granite Mountain Behavioral Health, and he's going to come on with the guest speaker, and we'll talk about um, gambling. And that will be 4.15 Wednesday, March 28th. Um, we also have the Holbrook Cares meeting that meets the first Tuesday of every month. 
um, up at the town hall. We meet at 7 o'clock. We also have the drop-in center, which is the second Monday of every month, and that meets at the Brookville uh, Baptist Church here in Holbrook, and that opens from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Both places are an opportunity for you or family members or anybody that's um, struggling with addiction or dealing with addiction to get yourself connected into resources, um, which is, you know, what you want to get connected into. We try to get you guys educated and get you the help that you need. We're constantly updating our bed list on the Holbrook Cares uh, Facebook page, so you can always go there every day that uh, bed list is being uh, updated. So uh, what is Holbrook Cares doing? Um, Tuesday, April 3rd, Tuesday, April 3rd at the Holbrook Town Hall, which is 50 North Franklin Street. Um, we're having an event and we're going to have Don Trask, Ryan Tripp, and Matthew O'Malley. Um, and there's um, uh, Ryan Tripp and um, Tyler Colton will also be there. Those are uh, people from Boots on the Ground. Is a team that was created in the memory. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's the um, team that was created in the memory of Ryan Tripp Jr. and Tyler uh, Colton. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, so no other parent has to endure this pain. And uh, we provide resources that have been directly given to our team, which helps us help those struggling. We support individuals and their families in grief support, transition, and crisis mode. Our team provides the resources for detox, placement, and long-term recovery. Court advocating, which is huge because we have a lot of people going through the court systems, and uh, outreach. We provide NACAN training and educated, um, educating on the use and disease to raise awareness by speaking and having rallies, vigils, walk-ins, and fundraisers. So Tuesday, April 3rd, 7 to 9 p.m., come up and um, and meet the boots on the ground. Uh, I met them at the last event that we had, and they are amazing people who are doing positive and wonderful things. Um, and they're doing it because they've experienced the tragedy of losing a loved one to addiction. Um, also, Hobart Cares um, wanted to reach out to the communities and trying to grab all these grassroots organizations and pull them in um, because there's strength in numbers. So this is the email that I, um, that I got. It says, we are looking for individuals, groups, and organizations who are passionate about making a difference. Um, to those who are affected by the opiate epidemic. We want to blanket the communities with awareness with PSAs, which are your public service announcements. So we've done a lot of those here with the Holbrook um, HCAM. Um, speaker presentations and live feeds throughout social media. We want to hear from those who are making a positive impact to those who suffer or are affected by substance use disorder. And we want to bring that message to the public. We are looking for people to share their stories, um, the who's, the what's, the why's, and the how's. Uh, many people, groups, and organizations from all over the state and country have been working tirelessly trying to come together to make an impact on this opiate crisis, and uh, many have been created. Whether it is to bring light to research data, help change policies and uh, laws, to save lives, to increase prevention efforts, to comfort support and bring awareness to feed and uh, close. The list goes on. Um, there is still so many unaware of the overwhelming deaths along with the numbers of people affected, such as parents, siblings, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, and children. Children uh, in these families are affected. Everybody's affected um, by the uh, epidemic. <clears throat> 
So if you or someone you know would be interested in bringing awareness to the work you and your organization do, please contact Hober Cares. And you can do that um, on our email, which I'll post onto our Rock Bottom to Recovery page. It's Holbrook, Matt, Holbrook, M-A Cares at gmail.com or um, you can go to our Holbrook Cares Facebook page. And with that, um, if you guys want to message us, message me. You can message me through Facebook, um, and uh, we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Talk about, uh, message us. Just tell us what you think of the uh, podcast, if you like it. If you don't like it, if there's a particular topic that you'd like to talk about. Um, uh, I think we're doing the gambling, and then the week after, we're actually going to address uh, pornography. I have a gentleman I'm going to Skype in named Matt Dobetch. I think I pronounced his name wrong. If I did, I apologize. I'll get it right. Uh, but he's going to come in. Um, he does a podcast about pornography um, and the effects that it had had on him uh, because um, there is an organization out there called Fight the New Drug, and uh, they're going to um, talk about that. So uh, my name is Bill Farrell. This is Rock Bottom to Recovery. Thank you for uh, watching. Um, share, like us, um, tell people about us. We got to get that information out there. So thanks, guys. Have a good day.